Hello and welcome. Welcome back, folks, to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host, Reynoso, with my boy. Saltero, what's up, guys? The Indomitable Lions is what they're called. They have arrived to the World Cup. Cameroon. Cameroon. Cameroon is here at the 2022 FIFA World Cup. And low-key, bro, these are African giants. When it comes to qualifying for the tournament, this will be their eighth appearance Wow. At the World Cup, man, dating Is that back, the most I wonder. I, I think know. it might be. I, I, I need to look at the numbers for like Nigeria yeah. or Ghana. Yeah, those I'm are curious. Teams. Yeah, I'm curious. their first qualification happened in 1982. The highlight of their appearances at the World Cup was in 1990, actually, where they topped their group with a Maradona-led Argentina team in that group. Damn. They topped it. They went all the way to quarterfinals and eventually lost to England. No oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, England Cameroon quarterfinal matchup in the World Cup. <laughs> I that love is, it. That is so <laughs> random. I love it. It's so random. Since then, though, they've done nothing but have group stage exits. More specifically, they haven't won a match at the World Cup since 2002. Yeah. A 20 year oh, yeah. drought of not winning a game at the World Cup, mm-hmm. but they're back. They're back. They've been drawn into Group G with Switzerland, Brazil. And Serbia. Cameroon had a uh, pretty solid uh, qualifying campaign, winning five of their games and losing one in the group stage, beating out Ivory Coast, who was a bit of a it was a tough draw to have them in in their group. They got out of there and they faced off against Algeria, and controversy ensued, drama ensued. Cameroon eventually won an extra time with. Mm A damn near last-minute goal that saw them flip the result, get themselves a golden ticket to the World Cup. Algeria falls, and man, so much drama across that game and that scene. What a match that was. You look at their past results in AFCON. They went to the semifinal and dazzled at the tournament, honestly. Being host of the tournament, that incredible front three, Abu Bakar scoring incredible goals, leading them to a semifinal where they eventually lost to Mo Salah's Egypt. All in all, Cameroon has a lot to look forward to being back at this tournament and and showing some promise in in the process of getting here. When I think of Cameroon, man, I think of two very distinct memories. One of them was in 2014 when they were grouped with Brazil, Mexico, and Croatia. And the impression they left on me was horrible. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Yeah, I was like, God damn it! There's, there's this team at the World Cup. Yeah, I was like, I because because the group was almost perfect. Brazil and Croatia and Mexico were like all on the same level, yeah, yeah. and they were just you know knocking punches, trading punches, and then there's Cameroon, where if you knew you played them, you were going to win. Yeah. So I was just like, God damn it, man! Like. Cameroon really pissed me off in that tournament. Like, truly, truly, yeah, they truly. They were losing bad, too. Man. And it forever scarred me as thinking of Cameroon as a really shitty national team. To be completely honest. Then I had a second distinctive memory of them. And it was earlier this year at the 2022 African Cup of Nations, a tournament that they hosted. And I went into it thinking, I was like, all right, let me see what they can do. Because at the end of the day, I'm a lover of the yeah. sport. It's been eight years. Time has passed. And man. I give every team the same chance. So I sat my ass down, and I watched Cameroon dazzle. I perked up, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. This is exactly what I wanted to see. Progress, man. Yeah. But not only progress, true hope here. Because I see this Cameroonian side going into this World Cup as a really feisty team. When you look at their squad holistically, man, there's 
this pocket's a really oh, yeah. good quality, man. Oh, yeah. Truly good quality. Cameroonian team is completely different. A very talented side. Very excited to see what they can do at this World Cup. I'll say it now, though. They got a tough group. Oh, yeah. They got a tough group. Yeah, really they tough They got a group. tough group. Let's go through a little bit of this squad and make highlight some of these players that stand out to us because, bro, there's some notable names, man. There's some notable names back here. To start at the goalkeeping position, Andre Onana, man, making that move from Ajax to Inter Milan now yeah. and getting himself some minutes over there. He's often battling it out with Handanovic, but it's a sign of his quality that he's in one of the best teams in Serie A playing and getting consistent minutes. That's already a really good safety net for Cameroon to have. And me personally, I, I like Onana, man. When I've seen him play, I like yeah. him as a goalkeeper. Yeah, honestly, in that sense, when you think about Onana, I mean, yeah, he's played with two really big clubs in yeah. Europe, man. And he's featured for both of them. So realistically, if you want a really solid keeper, Cameroon, they got one in Onana for yeah. sure. So when I look at this back line that's immediately in front of Onana, this back four, I see a lot of unknown, if I'm going to be completely honest. It's actually pretty much the same back four that was used at the African Cup of Nations, and they performed really well. I was yeah. actually very impressed with a couple of players. I mean, some standouts, Collins Fai and Castelletto, I thought were phenomenal, but big center back alongside Castelletto, Engaju. A re he really, really impressed me at the AFCON, man. And I was like, oh shit, like Cameroon have a good back line here. And then you put in Oyongo in that left back position. I was honestly pretty impressed. But since then, man, I've actually tried to look at these players at club level. They're all pretty much out of form, man. Castelletto's playing with Nantes. Who Nantes had an incredible season last year. Castelletto was a part of that. And I think that's maybe why he had such a good AFCON. But right now, Nantes is going no, through the yeah, ringer, bro. They start off bad. They start off really season, bad. They've won one game. Yeah. So is really struggling right now just from a team perspective. And then if you look at alongside him, Engadu, the guy who really commanded this back line, he too is having a tough time in Belgium again, man. A team that's like middle of the table when they had a really good season last year. And so already some of the players just aren't imposing themselves at the club level. And I think it'll be tough for them to translate that to good performances at this World Cup. They're going to have to figure something out. But you can actually extend that to the right back position too with Collins Fai. I thought Collins Fai was phenomenal at the African Cup of Nations, man. A really a, a lanky type of player, but really good on the ball and very physical. So I was like, okay, good. You know, this is a really good player, but he too, I think, is just a little bit out of form. So I, I don't really know how to analyze this Cameroonian team because I don't know who to look to to see who's going to command this back line. Maybe they come together and figure it out, but that's just going to be completely up to them to actually do so. One player I will highlight who I think regardless of form is going to perform well is actually going to be MLS base player Nuhu Tolo. Dude, he's, for me, ever since he hit the scene with Seattle Sounders, has been one of the best fullbacks in the MLS. And he's been getting the calls recently for Cameroon, and I think rightly so. His speed, his athleticism, his physicality, all coupled together with the fact that he's actually pretty good on the ball, makes him a really effective fullback. And I think with Ambrose Ayango being a free agent, not having a club, bro, yeah. I, <laughs> I think Tola's going to come in and actually be a really good option at left back for Rigobert Song, man. But again, the rest of that back line is just out of form, bro. So... A little concerning, a little concerning, but maybe the rest of the team can actually bring them up. Maybe inspire them to kind of find that AFCON form. There was a report, though, that I saw that the people in 
Cameroon haven't been sleeping well recently. Like there's a dip in sleep quality because they've been having nightmares of Brazil attacking that back line, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, bro. Yeah, With what man. you just said, man, I'm thinking about Neymar. I'm thinking about Vinny Jr. Gabriel Jesus potentially feasting upon a back line like this, man. And I hope, I hope that the good side of this defensive line can show itself out from what we saw in AFCON, man, because they were great. They've, they faced yeah. off against really, really good uh, offenses. And so they are capable of it, but we're asking a lot out of this back line already, man. That's the word. That, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. This back line, if they figure it out, are capable. They are capable of taking on any team. But man, are they actually going to reach right? that level? I don't know, and I, I would be more inclined to say that they just won't, man. But where it gets a little bit more secure is when you look up front. You look up front, uh, yeah. and you actually have some really good talent. If we're talking midfield specifically, we have, at this point, star. Dude. <laughs> star midfielder for the high-flying Napoli side, Anguisa, man. Yeah. What a revelation he has been this season for his team. Guiding them past big victories against teams like Liverpool, teams like Ajax, being a clinical part of that midfield and being secure in the way he plays, man. Yeah, no, I completely agree. To give his full name, Andre Frank Zombo Anguisa, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's popping off right yeah. now. The thing is, he's always been a good midfielder. You know, he was actually a part of that AFCON team, but it's funny because. As I watched Cameroon play, I actually didn't think yeah. Zambo and Gisa really stood out for Cameroon. Seriously, I thought Collins Fai, Engadeo, yeah. Engamaleu, uh, Carlos Toga Kambi, Vincent Abubakar, I thought those guys really, really showed up in Cameroon. And then Anguisa was a part of it, but I, I didn't really notice him. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest. But, dude, the way he's playing for Napoli. But the thing is, you could say that about any other Napoli player. Oh, right, he yeah. has the perfect partner right now, Piotr Zelinski, and they're just teaching each other man <laughs> they're just playing with each other and they're clowning any other european midfield bro and so to have a player like Anguisa, who is in the form of his life bro the form of his life i think you're really excited to see Anguisa yes, play yes. even if you're not a cameroonian yeah. fan i think Anguisa is going to level the playing field in this midfield yeah man that coupled with a really good season at Napoli. This could be a chance for Anguisa to launch himself into a different stratosphere going Ooh. into the, the December transfer market. Like There's still some interesting options in this Cameroonian midfield with Undua as, as an option, yeah. Guyet, uh, Hangala, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced any names. These are, these, are, <laughs> these are tough names for me. Those are interesting options, though, that they have at hand as potential options to pair with Anguisa in that midfield. Yeah, I completely agree. Gue really surprised me at the, at the AFCON. And he's, again, he's one of those players where low-key, I just had never seen him play before. Never seen him play, didn't know who the guy was. Him and alongside a lot of other players, they really did stand out for me at AFCON. So I think if you're looking for solidity alongside a creative or a mobile Anguisa in the center, I think Gue and Andua are going to be the go-to guys that provide coverage for Cameroon. The runners, they're fighters, and they're pretty good on the ball. But again, what really impressed me was their spatial awareness. Specifically, their ability to try to get the ball back. That's one thing that really surprised me about this Cameroonian side is they actually played a pretty progressive style of play, man. They were very hungry to get the ball back, and when they did, they immediately tried to transition. And I think if you have players like Ondua and Gue to get that job done, it can maybe allow Anguisa to play a more free-flowing role. I think that's why Cameroon were really successful in January, and if they can just find that form, I think they can still be successful here in the World Cup. Up front, man, it's similar to these other African teams that we've been reviewing. It's exciting, bro. Yeah. It is exciting. This is this Dude, is what yes. African teams are banking on the offenses to provide <laughs> high-level entertainment this tournament, man, because yeah. it's stacked up here, man. 
On the left, I think we have surefire starter, Leon's very own Toko Ikambi, mm -hmm. who was incredible in that AFCON run. Bro. Paired up with Abu Bakar up front, playing at a different level of league, but showing that when it comes time to perform for the international team, bro, he can bang in goals. Yeah. He knows how to score like no other. And he does it happily, man. Yeah. Happily. Yeah, yeah. My biggest question, though, and something that I want to post to you is, who would start alongside them if it's a front three? Is it because I actually see a question with like Bayern Munich's Chupa Moting, who's really good, but also getting on that later side of age. He's getting a little mm -hmm. older, but you also have like an exciting option in Mwemo from uh, Brentford, who could also be paired up with these two really good players. Who's going to be the final filler for Cameroon when it comes to their offensive threat? Chupo ain't playing. Uh, I'll say yeah. that right now. Chupo ain't starting, bro. <laughs> he's, he's only coming on if it's extra time. Yeah. If Tokagai and Abubakar are healthy, Chupo's not going to play, bro. Yeah. He'll come on in the 80th minute if they're down a goal and they need four strikers in the box. That's the only time Moulting's going to get playing time. The quality of Abubakar and Tokagai is just so much higher than him. I'm just going to be completely honest. But what's interesting, man, is that Cameroon just got a new signing. <laughs> they literally they got a new signing in Embuemo from yeah they did from dude. Yeah. he just made his debut this past September man and it's it's always interesting because this can this happens a lot in Africa we'll talk about it when we eventually talk about Ghana who just got a Naki Williams which is yeah. insane but it's crazy because since there's so much influence for example like in France there's Afri a potential. The African teams have a potential to just get a new player like that if they yeah. just ask. That's why it surprised <laughs> me because I looked up in Wemo's age. He's 25. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's like been around for he's a while, man. And he's making his debut. Yeah, <laughs> just for the fact that he's playing pretty well for Brentford. Cameroon, like, shit, man. We, yeah. we hear your parents are Cameroonian, man. You, you want to play for us? Dude. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. I'll go play at a World Cup. Yeah. And the thing is, it's a it great option. Well. A really good option. But... I think he actually kind of embodies the spirit of what this modern Cameroon sign is all about. It's about pace. It's about pressure. It's about speed, man. If Gouin and Anandua can do their job in the midfield, then players like Toko Akambi and maybe Mbwema on that other side can just reflect off of that. They can start that press early and try, at least try to impose themselves on what will be more technically sound teams. And I, the thing is, I think it could work. And Mbwema is still very technically sound. He's been very good for Brentford these last two seasons in the Premier League. Um, but what's interesting is another player who, again, really stood out for me in the AFCON was Engamaleo. A really good player that, honestly, he may not be technically better than Embuemo, but just from a preference standpoint, he played really well at AFCON. He's been the go-to winger when, for example, Toko Gambi's been injured or maybe Abubakar's not playing. The coach, whether it was Tony Conceição or now Rigobert Song, right. has chosen Ngamaleo, and I think for a reason. He fits this Cameroonian side very, very well. He does not stop running, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do, and that's just press off the ball, and when he gets it, try to make something. Again, he's not the best penetrator, but, you know, he's a good player. Now, ultimately, who do I think actually starts there? I just think you probably have to put in Buemo, man. Yeah. His quality is just a little bit higher. And again, he is playing in the Premier League week in, week mm. out. <laughs> and, so, and so I think for that reason, I think it's a clear choice you do play him. Now, where it gets interesting is, is Toko Akambi the most efficient when he's out wide? I don't know. He can play it. But is he a little bit better in a central position? At that point, do you sacrifice Abu Bakr, who is a little bit old now playing in Saudi Arabia, now maybe not playing at the highest level every week? So maybe do you put Toko Akambi through the middle, start Engamaleo on the left where he likes to play, and then put Embuemo on the right? 
I think Rigobert Song can actually play around with this front three, but you have to find it. I feel, in my opinion, you have to find a way to put Toko Kambi and Abubakar somehow on the same pitch. Maybe you do like a 4-4-2. Would that be tinkering too much, too late going into this tournament? I don't know. He's he's done it. He's done a 4-4-2. Yeah, so I, and that's the thing. I think he, he could definitely do yeah. it. I just wonder... Is Toko Kambi better when he's more central? Yeah. And yeah. I think he is, to be honest. I feel like the midfield has almost like a, like they have a key to like a treasure chest. <laughs> and if they can unlock it, it'll be a, a ruin of golds waiting for him. That's what this offense is. Yeah. The offense is just waiting. They're yeah. just hoping that their midfield can be reliable and can can feed them the way that they hope to be fed. The defense, that's just a, that's a shot in the dark. That's just a prayer. They're hoping for the best there. But <laughs> midfield-wise, I think that's the biggest catalyst and the biggest factor in this Cameroonian side is if the midfield figures out how to cohesively play with the three players up front, they have a really exciting like box-to-box style of uh, style of play, man. Oh, dude, I, dude, that's actually a great point because if if I really look at it, if I really look at the the middle three and the front three, so the six the six yeah. players above the back line, I think the most important player is probably going to be Zambo Anguisa. Playing what will essentially oh, yeah, be dude. a quarterback role. Yeah. He's going to start the offense once he gets possession back. And then from there, he's just going to have to combine with his midfielders. Yeah. And then the offensive line is just going to have to play with that. And you're right. I think the midfield has the perfect opportunity here to really access their front three. Yeah, man. This is a team that is being paired up with Switzerland, Brazil, Serbia, and Group G. Jesus Christ. It's an incredibly tough ask, man. It really is. It's like a Morocco situation, man. Yeah, man. I, I do think so. African teams got a, a tough draws out here, man. Like, they didn't get any room for for flexibility like if you oh, are slightly off entering no. the tournament you're gonna get punished for it there's really no question hard. looking at the scope of their presence at this tournament i just i do wonder if this team can ultimately be unlocked and be able to produce some sort of magic in the same way that they did in afcon but against different level of quality is there a chance that cameroon can just find their rhythm can potentially find that that flow yeah. and be able to at least Take it to teams like Serbia. Take it to teams like Switzerland. Go toe-to-toe and, at the very least, put up respectable performances. I think that is a very likely thing for Cameroon, especially if their offense can get going, man. There's a chance they might be one of those teams that lets in a lot of goals but can put up a number of goals as well. For me, Cameroon's performance at this World Cup is going to come down to two questions. Question one, can they impose themselves? That's basically, I think, what you were saying, and I completely agree. If, for example, Castelletto, Collinsfly, Goué, Ondua, players who play a very low-key club, yeah. man, Belgium, mid-tier France, if they can impose themselves and reach a peak, a peak that they, I thought that they reached at AFCON, then yeah. I think, I think they have something to unlock here and really score goals against Serbia, score goals against Switzerland especially, man. They'll have that opportunity. But for me, the second question actually isn't even on the pitch, man. It's the coach. Mm. Rigobert song and I remember when the, the political hiring yes man. when when that's hiring happened I was like what because Tony Conceição for me unlocked this team he allowed this team to play free-flowing football a style of play that I had never seen a Cameroonian team play yeah. in my lifetime and that's why I perked up when I saw them at this AFCON bro I was like oh wow this team can actually be really good and I hope they make it to the World Cup and when they actually did, I was so excited, but I hated that they let Conceição go. Dude, they barely lost to Egypt. Dude, yeah. They like, that's, barely that's really lost. Harsh. It's so harsh in a semi-final Suddenly the Federation game. started feeling entitled, bro. Yeah. yeah like, uh, <laughs> we, we were, were hosting good enough. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we were good enough. Are you kidding me, man? Yeah. 
Like I thought that was so harsh and honestly a stupid decision, man. A truly stupid decision. And Song obviously yes was a national team hero. Is he a really good coach? I, this is for me. This is the equivalent of like Argentina signing Diego Maradona. Maradona. Yeah, yeah. They, got, they do have Samuel Eto'o as part of the staff as well, though. Oh, is he that's really? Just, that's what's funny. Jesus yeah, Christ. it almost is the yeah. same thing. This yeah. is like the same thing, and yeah. it's just not gonna work for me, man. That's ultimately why I'm maybe less assured of this Cameroonian team, and maybe even why the players aren't aren't playing at their best right now with Cameroon too, because they just lost against Uzbekistan, man. I think tied or lost against South Korea, bro. Dude. So it's just like. Yeah. These players are a little bit out of form, and I think the absence of having a tactician like Conte Sao is actually hurting them. You are exactly correct, my friend. I agree. There's too many questions, man. Too, too many, many questions, questions with the, many questions. the connection players have with their coach, the the team itself, the quality of the team, and it's unfortunate, man, because we saw those, we saw the people of Cameroon be lightened Dude. up, man, be be excited about yeah. this team back at AFCON. Yeah. And I almost wish that we could give them, that the country could give them a, a really sound team to root for. But going to this tournament, I just think there's too much that isn't known. Yeah. And that's why I ultimately have them nabbing that fourth spot in this group. I actually think they'll play good football. I guarantee you they'll play better than they did in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee that. But that's not saying much, I'll yeah, be completely man. honest. Um, yeah. it, it does suck because this team has a lot of potential. I just think it's too late. It's too little too late for them to figure it out right before this tournament, man. If this, if this World Cup was a year out and they gave Rigobert Song maybe a year and like Loki another African yeah. Cup of Nations <laughs> yeah. tournament to like actually see what he could do with this Cameroonian side, then I'd be a lot more hopeful because, again, as we just prefaced, there actually is a lot of quality on this team, man. But I just don't think they're set up for success right now. And whether that's a coaching thing or players out of form, I'm not 100% sure. But for me, it's just going to end in a fourth place finish. And that is Cameroon, folks. Let us know, what do you think about this Cameroon team? Do you see them making it out of this group and going on a pretty impressive run? Or are they more of a third, fourth place type of team? Regardless of what we predict, man, it's going to be amazing to see the Cameroonian people gathered up in Qatar, rooting off for their team and just hoping for something good. So make sure to subscribe, like, and comment. And we'll see you guys next time for the next deep dive. Peace.